So, you know, if you're waking up and reading the news every day and you're reading the news four or five times a day and you're looking for stats and figures and, you know, reading about the virus all day, I can guarantee you mm. that, of course, you will hit your conditioning to be absolutely depressed and in fear. That, <laughs> that is just the nature of it. Welcome to Forever Young, the health and well-being podcast from Lanzerhof. My name is Mario Pedazzoli, and in every episode, join me in conversation with a variety of health experts and special guests as we explore what it means to live well. We may not find the secret to eternal youth, but join me on our quest as we explore just what it means to live a balanced, healthy and happy life. Hello again and welcome. Well, in today's show, we are taking a closer look at the practice of meditation, and in particular, the mental and physical benefits, as well as how meditation can help us deal with the stress and anxiety that life occasionally throws at us. And it stands to reason that if we are able to cope and meet life's challenges positively, we are ultimately rewarded with a sense of happiness, direction and fulfillment. And with this in mind, I am very pleased to introduce this week's guest, Chris Connors. Chris is a leadership and embodiment coach, meditation teacher, social entrepreneur, as well as a certified psychotherapist. He's also the founder of OPO, that's O-P-O, an immersive meditation hub and app which pairs guided meditations with carefully curated soundscapes and real-life views. Well, more of that later, and we can also look forward to Chris guiding us all through a five-minute meditation at the end of the show. So, all the more reason to stay tuned. Chris, a very warm welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm honoured to be here. <laughs> Pleasure is ours. How are you today? Very important question. I always. I am right now. I'm really good. Uh, I've um, enjoyed my morning and uh, ready for the rest of the day. Uh, mornings being a super important time. So um, I'm feeling well and ready. Well, our listeners cannot see uh, our Zoom chat right now, and you are, are in far sunnier climes, I can see. <laughs> I am indeed, yeah. I find myself in, in Ibiza, uh, out in the Mediterranean. Um, and uh, yeah, it is a place I call home. <laughs> Life's not fair. Uh, but but thanks, for, uh, thanks for taking the time uh, from your Spanish idyll and joining us today. Um, but in your own words, Chris... Um, what is meditation and why should we do it? Mm. It's a really good question. I mean, I would say, I would describe meditation really as a training. Um, it's, uh, it, it's something that um, is, yes, very easy to do, but re really requires a, a lot of attention and focus um, in order for it to become something that can really impact our daily life. Um, I would say, you know, we define uh, meditation technically as being in non-judgmental awareness and really what that means is being in a place where our mind is able to run free and we're not actually just caught up in the way that we're thinking uh, and we're able to be in a more observational place around the way we think and by doing that we release our our intensity of thinking and it becomes a much more easy relaxing place um, that's really meditation in its most kind of um, technical term, I would say. Mm. Mm. Um, really, also, you could look at it from the philosophical angle. Um, obviously, it's a, 
it's a 5,000 year old practice and, um, you know, uh, it has been uh, noted as one of the great uh, foundations of many philosophies. Um, and, you know, it, it also has that wider part. But really in today's urban busy life, it's a, it's a great mental health tool. And uh, it's also, as I said, it helps us really uh, change and shift our perspective on life. So f- for, uh, for those listening, uh, and myself, there are different degrees of understanding of meditation. Um, what does it look like? And, uh, and, and how often should we engage in, in meditation practices? It's a really interesting one. I've never been asked, what does it look like? What does meditation mm. look like? That's, that's interesting. Um, I mean, I know what it feels like, that's for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think really there is no kind of right way to describe how to meditate. I, you know, there's obviously the very sort of traditional um, ways of, you know, seeing people sit in lotus positions and, uh, you know, sort of going into sort of very sort of strong meditative environments. That That's very true. Mm. But there's really what it really is, is about resting in order for your mind to follow and become more restful. Um, and what that looks like is really personal mm. um, to each person. Uh, so for some people, it's a, it's a sort of a, a struggle. Uh, so it looks like something that's actually uh, very challenging. And for other people, it's, uh, you know, like a daily tool that they cannot do without, and they immediately go into a place where they go into a very deep rest of their mind, um, mm. rest and restoration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, you mentioned it's a practice that's maybe 5,000 years old. And, 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 and when we look at our lifestyles today, well, particularly the Western lifestyle, in inverted commas, uh, which can increase stress and anxiety. Um, what do you say to those who maybe um, just don't have enough bandwidth or time in the day, too busy to meditate, you know, these sorts of things? But, but clearly, it's, it enables so many things. But, but how, how would you respond to that? Well, you know, here's the thing, right? For me, our, our mind is really very untrained. If you think about it, it's very undisciplined. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. You know, we will race, at a, you know, a thousand miles an hour every day, all day, end up at the end of the day completely stressed, uh, wondering why, thinking, what the hell can we do about it? We'll either reach for a good glass of Merlot, which is nothing wrong with, of course, <laughs> or maybe a few, uh, <laughs> to try and sort of, you know, soften and medicate ourselves really in some way. <laughs> but, but the truth is that, um, you know, for the West, uh, the undisciplined mind is um, something which rules our behavior. And of course, asking people to prioritize something like this in order to kind of really refocus, re, uh, reform the way the mind works, um, it doesn't want to do it. Mm. <laughs> so we will come up with all sorts of reasons uh, not to do it. Of course, you know, it feels like, well, you know, I haven't got time, I, you know, busier things to do. But when you start to shift that attention and actually make this the foundation of your day, you notice the absolute benefits in the rest of your day. Um, it's not about the 10 or 20 minutes that you have doing it. It's mm. absolutely about the way your brain state is for the rest of the day. And mm. neuroscience is showing us so much about what meditation does now um, that, you know, it's almost like we can't avoid the facts. Um, and we have a tool which is free and easy to use and can be used anywhere. Uh, and, you know, this is something that I, this is why I created what I've created and I've been teaching for 20 years to try and bring it to um, the Western world 
um, and help us find a way to make this easy and accessible. And do you find we are more receptive than, than ever now on the benefits of meditation, being open to understanding and learning? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, the, the pandemic had, has become a sort of a really huge platform for these tools, because if you think about it, you know, people have been obviously locked at home um, in deep states of anxiety and deep states of um, fear as well and genuine fear, of course, and, you know, mm. um, asking what can I do about it? And, you know, for these past two years, you know, I've been extremely busy um, with meditation teachings and groups and, you know, people really reaching out and becoming available, realizing that actually one, the tool works and that meditation is something that they are open to do. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was always about trying to get them to cross the line to try it. Uh, but the pandemic time has actually been a very, um, it's been an incredible time um, where people are saying, I am going to try this and uh, I, w mm -hmm. I really want it to work for me. And that's actually part of making it work for you as well. Uh, you raise an interesting point there because there's the, the stress and anxiety uh, that is maybe caused by factors outside of our control. Uh, and and, and the, a global pandemic clearly is, um, well, arguably out of our control. Uh, and uh, uh, coupled with, you know, the fact that, well, here at least we're in a bleak midwinter. It's cold and dark outside. It might be very sunny where you are, Chris. Uh, not that I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> and and how can meditation help at times like these with circumstances that are out of our control? And and talk a bit more about the response you've seen during the pandemic. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you look at it, I mean, our our thoughts, the way we think, creates stress re responses in our body. Uh, it creates hormonal responses in our body. So if we if we think in our minds right now uh, that we're in some kind of imminent danger, our body will take on a natural response to that thought as if it were really true. Right. Mm -hmm. And now you and I know that right now we are not in any imminent danger just with this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but yet if we were to activate thoughts like that, our body is actually programmed that way. It can't lie. It doesn't have the ability to do anything else. So. If you think of the tool of meditation and breath work, which I'll come on to, because there's, you know, there's a lot of research in breath as well and what breath can actually do. But if you are to even practice a, a meditation for 10 minutes, you will naturally start to shift where your attention goes and where your thoughts go. Uh, they will naturally start to release the tension around that thought and other, allow other thoughts or perspectives to come in, which may enable you to see that actually right now you're not in danger. And what will happen immediately is the body will have a natural response to that. That's just the nature of the way our, our physiology works. So, you know, um, science shows that meditating will actually literally change your brain state, not just your sort of thought patterns or uh, your the way you think, but actually physically it starts to uh, change the way your brain fires. Um, and you may have heard of the, the sort of the term about promoting neuroplasticity. Well, that's the big sort of that's the big sort of scientific crux of meditation. It encourages more neuroplasticity, which is really more movement around the brain. So it becomes fitter, more malleable and less intense in certain areas, which cause more stress to the body. Mm. So it's it's a self-regulation tool, you know, it's in these times, you know, yes. we if we the more we do this in daily practice, the more we mm. activate breath work the more we regulate ourselves. Um, 
it's that simple and challenging of course but it's that simple in terms of the mechanics so part of our toolkits to help us take control if you like of our day yeah absolutely so you know if you know if you practice even two three minutes of good breath work every hour so and you have a very busy job you have a lot of uh different um operational focuses and everything for your business you know but for you to actively practice this uh, you know in discipline um if you did it on the hour every hour you would see what a different kind of day you'd have because your well, brain's fitter it's more ready Actually, now's as good a time as any. Uh, you mentioned breathwork. Uh, could you give us an example of, of breathwork exercises that you, you, you encourage? Yeah, I mean, you've obviously got very, very simple um, breathing techniques. Um, you know, breathwork um, and meditation, for me, they're the same thing. I know breathwork mm -hmm. has become this new phenomenon because it's, it's obviously um, more specifically about the breath. But um, we, you know, we use a lot of techniques uh, in meditation, um, which obviously change the way air moves into the body and stimulates different parts of the body. So a very simple technique is um, what we might call uh, circular breathing. So that's just actively breathing through the nose, mm -hmm. but then and going all the way down to the diaphragm and then releasing that through the mouth. And actually, the way that works is obviously oxygen coming into the body um, all the way down to the diaphragm. Sometimes we hold the breath here, which is really good for creating more CO2 uh, and activating more of the nervous system. Um, and when you hold, you're releasing out through the mouth. So breathing in, holding, and breathing out. And then you might sort of bring more attention to breathing in and having the same amount of time breathing in as breathing out. So balancing your breath, if you see mm -hmm. what I mean. So just breathing in, sort of counting to five, for example. And then breathing out, counting to five. Now, even just doing that 10 times, mm -hmm. I guarantee you, will just completely shift the way you go into your next hour or your next mm -hmm. amount of time. Thanks, Chris. Feeling it already. Uh, now, we, we do often talk about the, the fundamental pillars of well-being, uh, typically exercise, nutrition, sleep. But I think I can hazard a guess you would also make the case for meditation to be included in that, particularly to aid mental well-being. Yeah. Men yeah. I mean, for me, it is not, you know, these modern days, it's seen as a mental health tool. It's definitely there for uh, that mm. Um Again, like I said, you know, mental and emotional regulation is probably the greatest thing we can do for ourselves. Mm. Or um, and meditation is surely a fundamental tool around that. Mm. Um, you can integrate it with movement and exercise, um, of course. So people sometimes say to me, I don't meditate sitting. Uh, I love going running, for example. Mm. And I find myself getting into the zone. Um, and I would say you're probably hitting a very similar point as you do when you're sit when you're sitting meditating, uh, which is sitting in that sort of sense of uh, not really engaging with heavy process thinking, but mm. actually just more being in the body and uh, present to what is. Uh, presence is a big one. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a it's a big state that we aim for through meditation. It uh, I, I imagine therefore it also aids physical well-being too. Uh, and and what are the what are the consequences of, of unmanaged stress actually? 
Well, if you think about it, I mean, you know, stress is a normal part of our life. It's a normal part of our existence. So having bouts of stress is actually sometimes can be good for us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's seen as a bad thing, but actually, you know, um, sometimes stress is needed for us to cause activity. Mm -hmm. uh, we, it's, it's just part of part of our system to take action, you mean? Yes, exactly. Or to, mm. exactly. Or, you know, uh, when we need to respond to something, so it creates a response mechanism, uh, our system starts to activate and want to do something about it. That's, uh, that's useful when it's um, at that time. It's when we're in chronic stress, where our body has actually learned to be in that consistently. And then it's telling our mind that it's actually constantly in this state. So when you think about being, you know, super stressed out and actually nothing's particularly happening around you, mm -hmm. that will tell you that something is more chronic in your system that needs to be dealt with, that needs to be released. Um, and so, you know, you if we keep if we don't manage stress, of course, it becomes a it becomes very embodied. It becomes very um, it becomes physical, and of course, there are all the physical manifestations of that of course they can lead to all sorts of long-term disease um mm -hmm. but they also they you know they create a lot of um lifestyle inhibitants you know they can cause all sorts of um situations in our life mm -hmm. um that we can actually change um uh, internally yes yeah to create external change yeah yes that that is the point of course and and let's take a closer look at opo uh this is your your app and and portal and um, and maybe you could help explain to the listeners why I personally found myself on a park bench in Berkeley Square on Saturday afternoon listening to your dulcet tones. <laughs> uh, that, that makes me very happy that you did that. Well, <clears throat> I, which I found very refreshing and enjoyable, I must say. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead and explain. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, it's. I mean, Oppo is more than a meditation app, and. One of the things that I was, um, when I started meditating, you know, 20 years ago, uh, I was fascinated by where I meditated. I didn't really, there wasn't really anywhere to go except um, the apps, of course, there was nothing to guide you. So I was going to, you know, Buddhist centers and um, places like that in London, there really wasn't anywhere else. And whenever I started learning techniques, I would find myself on park benches, or I'd find myself in places of beauty in mountaintops or uh, very inspiring places. Um, and uh, practicing meditation in those kind of spaces for me uh, became the way I, I really engaged with uh, the being present and being with life. Um, so I created Opal really for people who are on the go, um, on the move. And um, the idea was to create portals all around the city that are virtual. Um, and when you get to these places, these real locations, you can download a virtual meditation, which, which will guide you with what you're looking at. And it's a simple case of just resting your attention on what you're looking at. I open meditations. And this is what makes it different to all the other things that are on the market right now. Um, so whether you're in the office or whether you're in a club and you, you can create a portal just observing art, or you could be um, in a hotel room uh, looking out at the balcony. The whole idea is to match this eye open technique uh, with uh, the internal benefits of meditation. And that creates this portal experience. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm really fascinated about um, and just really helps us get present, really helps us stay in the moment. Mm. Simple, simple pieces. But what we do on top of that layer is introduce very, um, very specific soundscapes that are very good for the brain. So 
really when you're getting that level of sound input into the brain, there's a lot of neuroplasticity going on and mm -hmm. the sound is encouraging that to happen. So you'll come away feeling very relaxed from that experience, but alert as well. Mm -hmm. And I always say the best way to come out of meditation is to feel relaxed and alert at the same time. That's yes. the ultimate. Yes. Well, I, I, I came away um, very impressed, may I say, uh, and a thoroughly enjoyable experience. Thank uh, you. Probably refreshed, yeah, focused and alert. I would, I, would, I would describe that, certainly. But the locations then, do you have them nationwide uh, on, on your app? We're building them nationwide now. We've started with London. We have about uh, 40 portals around London from Berkeley Square uh, along the river uh, in the parks. Um, we've got all different types. And then, of course, we're also working with different hotels. Um, we're working, we're intending to work with schools and hospitals so we can plant these portals in reception areas and all types of places. And my dream is to have these portals, of course, worldwide. So they are now working through the UK um, and in Europe. And what, what makes a good location, Chris, actually? It's, a, it's interesting, right? So um, one might think that, you know, sitting on a mountaintop would be the best place to meditate. But actually in the city, uh, a good location is for me where you have different elements of stimuli. So what that means is you may have some natural stimuli, but also that you might have what we call more kind of graphic stimuli. So that could be sort of geometrics of a building, as simple as that. Um, following your eye along these geometrics, so you're resting attention on them. And then some good sort of sense of light, because light in our eyes and is so important, especially when we're very office bound or very city bound. Uh, mm -hmm. The more light we're getting through our pupils, the better uh, our brains are actively and promoted you know and and do you personally select each location chris how does it work at the moment yes but we uh, part of our innovation will be that people then can start making their own um mm. eventually we'll be able to say okay well i have portals around the world that i love these places and i would like to share them with communities um and that's enhancing of course uh ways that you might be able to travel to destinations um we're also looking at how, you know, for example, if you went to Prague and you opened the app, well, the app might take you to places of really in, of real interest in the city that may have wellness benefits or may have just places of beauty. Um, so it has a sort of what we call a wayfinding part to it as well, which makes it very appealing. Mm. So it's really about meditating on the go and being in different locations and really being outside and connected as well. And the, the science behind the soundscapes that you use uh, could you tell us a little bit about that, please, and uh, and why they benefit? Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, sound is very potent for our brain, as you can imagine. So if you think of um, sound that's not potent for our brain, which is a lot of uh, very noisy, polluting sound, um, what we've done is really the opposite. Um, created sound based on vibrational tones that really soothe and activate the brain in, for different in different ways. Um, and it, again, promotes heavy neuroplasticity, which, again, is the fit brain. Mm. Um, and we use different levels of sound and vibrational tones for different tracks and different places. And they do different things um, because our brain is that responsive to it and our body is that responsive to it. Um, mm. And if you think just in a, uh, you know, on a cellular level, everything is vibrating all the time. That's just pure physics, really. But um, mm. when you're able to activate um, vibration through sound and it's promoting and it's going through the body, you are getting sort of vibrational upgrades in your system. So cellular upgrades are going mm. on as well. 
um, that's just that's just good for the body uh, mm. and again good for our brain. Fascinating and, and also uh, beautiful. You know, they're just yes, you know, nice to listen to. What is your favourite? Uh, track uh, mm. I, for different reasons you know that's what I love about Oppo is that you know I use it for different reasons if I'm feeling something so there's a track uh, there's a session on there called the Great North which is one to do at home because um, we also um, have a lot of content for the home um, mm. and uh, it's a it's a really one it's a journey into the northern lights so it's almost like an audio journey mm. Uh, that really uses really vast soundscapes and wind and kind of almost like electronic digital sounds that were taken from up there. Um, uh, and I love that. It just really excites me and uh, I leave feeling very rejuvenated. Mm. Um, but then there's also a whole sound bath section, which I use to just relax, especially on planes. Um, mm. You know, sometimes when you hit turbulence, things like that, it's nice to just put on these tracks. They will help. They will help balance the brain bring it into more relaxed, relax the parasympathetic and the nervous mm. system. Uh, it does really good. It promotes really good for that mm. as well. So different places, different situations. And uh, maybe linked to that, you know, one of OPPO's main purposes is, and I quote, to free you from stressful thought and instill a relaxed yet focused state of mind. And we call this present state living. Um, maybe could you expand on that? You know, what does present state living mean? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm. Well, so um, actually living in the present state is is fundamentally our truth. Um, it, sounds, uh, it sounds like a concept, but actually it's uh, more our reality. It's more of our, it's our mind that takes us away from the present. So if you think about that, presence is absence of past and future, um, really simply. Uh, and all that's happening right now is that I am talking and you're sitting in front of me. And I'm sure behind us, we are thinking about our all our other worlds. But I Oh, trust me. <laughs> trust me on that one. <laughs> I'm sure there's the to-do list mind going. No. So, you know, the, so that to-do list mind and everything that we're thinking is actually our absence of presence. It's us. It's us being somewhere else. Um, and it's uh, obviously it causes us all sorts of stress and all sorts of other things. But. Presence to me is really the quality of being completely here right now in the moment and actually having no other distraction but being completely here. Mm. Um, and it's really, um, it, for me, it, it's more about a, a way of life. Um, we tend to um, we tend to sort of put a lot of our past into our future, I would say. So what mm. that means is we use a lot of past behaviors uh, and we create a future based on those. Um, and the whole idea of present state living is to start interrupting some of those behaviors, which might be destructive for us. So we can actually focus on the here and now consistently. And if we focus on it consistently, the quality of our life improves significantly. But we need those, um, those past behaviors. Uh, I mean, we're shaped by those past behaviors, but not all of them are negative, of course. That's right. That's right. So, but when we become more present to all of them, we realize what serves us and what doesn't. And then we can take what we need uh, further ahead. So, yes, it's true. We are shaped. We are conditioned. Um, but the whole idea really of presencing is to really look at what really serves us and what doesn't, um, rather than just unconsciously living our life and wondering why we might be destroying it or mm. why we might be destroying certain things and mm. not really knowing why or how. Um, mm. So using, using, using that as a sort of consistent method of life it just allows you to also kind of not get caught in abstract ideas of the future. 
um, which actually don't exist. But a lot mm -hmm. of our anxiety is created from future living. Um, and it is really something that is not true for us. Uh, what is true is just here. Mm -hmm. um, the more you can get yourself back to this, the more life opens up in a much different way, uh, more relaxed and alert way, really. We're worrying about something that isn't there. Yeah, really. Isn't mm. that amazing? Mm. Isn't that amazing that we do that? It's just a fundamental part of our programming. Thanks for the reminder, Chris. <laughs> I must say. And and we um do we tend to pay more attention to the negative experiences in our day rather than the positive ones? Do we take the positive ones for granted? Is is that's what's happening here? Yeah. Yeah, we're, I mean, again, you know, there's a heavy programming in our system. So what that will tell us again is a little bit more about our chronic physical stress, like I said before, mm -hmm. uh, that actually we're hardwired to kind of look for it. Our body's actually sort of feeling it all the time. So there's validation when stressful things come along and our attention will go to them. Uh, so I would always say, you know, it's really good to hack your mind in many ways meditation is a good tool to level it mm. but using using powerful positive thinking which of course is being sort of put into sort of mumbo jumbo land especially in cynical <laughs> europe and you know but actually the power of even just waking up every morning and starting your morning thinking what am i actually really thankful for mm. now when you do that you start promoting the, the positive loop and thinking in the brain and it starts telling your body something else but that's a practice um uh, or meditating immediately in the morning um, because we're programmed to focus on negative you know our news our environments our stress everything is geared that way it's very hard to hack that well i'm glad you uh, you raised that you know, media and social media are they friends or enemies in terms of creating stress uh well <clears throat> they are you know i think they're you know Social media, I mean, they're very different, I suppose, for me, but social media, I think, works in both ways. I think it's a fascinating tool of connection mm -hmm. and inspiration. And I also think it is promoting um, addictive behavior, uh, which is causing real amounts of stress, uh, especially young generations. You know, um, mm -hmm. I see that because they're using it. They live in it, basically. You know, you and I probably kind of visit it, but young generations live there. Mm -hmm. um, and so they they're looking for their life to be validated on it. Um, so that I think it's I think it really needs attention. Mm -hmm. uh, it really need we really need to sort that out. <laughs> yes, that that's another podcast in itself, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. you know we need social media doctors. Really, I think mm -hmm. now these days. <laughs> I think so. Uh, now the lovely Jess, who helps uh, prepare and edit these podcasts, uh, she would like me to ask about uh, a couple of things. Blue Monday, I think it's termed as, uh, which is this new construct, which is apparently the most depressing day of the year, uh, and 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 all, uh, which I think was last Monday, which you know, uh, blissfully I was unaware of, uh, and then uh, the yes, and the and the Sunday night uh, feeling ahead of a busy week, where where, where some people might feel a little bit uh, in dread uh, or not. Now now um. I suppose the, the, the questions, there are two questions that come out of this. You know, the first is, you know, how can we manage ourselves during these times and help ease those fears or, or sense of dread? But secondly, um, you know, reflecting on it, are we being taught or even encouraged or conditioned to feel depressed when maybe we're actually we're fine? You know, some of us, 
quite like Sunday nights and are excited about Mondays and, and the week ahead. Yet we are being almost conditioned. So so um, what, what are your thoughts on all of those, Chris? There's a lot going on there. Yeah, that's that's interesting around sort of are we conditioned to sort of be depressed mm. um, or, you know, there, there, there could be two views on that. One is that we um, maybe have been conditioned never, never to kind of admit or talk about it. And now it's becoming much more available and more sort of we're, we're freer to talk about our emotional states not being a, a weakness, let's say. Um, so one view could be that. Um, another view could be that, yeah, it's there's a climate of it around us. And so we're human beings, we're absorbent. We just naturally will take on stuff uh, that actually might not be ours. Um, and, you know, I'm very, with my coaching clients, I'm very clear about, you know, that are you, is this really yours or have you taken it on from somewhere else? And, you know, how can you actually distinguish the difference? So, you know, if you're waking up and reading the news every day and you're reading the news four or five times a day and you're looking for stats and figures and, you know, reading about the virus all day, I can guarantee you mm. that, of course, you will hit your conditioning to be absolutely depressed and in fear. <laughs> that, that is just the nature of it. Um, but going back to uh, the sort of Sunday night uh, dread and fear and, and sort of Blue Monday and what can you do about that, um, I think you're right. I think there's... Um, you know, you, you, to really listen to yourself, um, you know, beyond um, necessarily labeling or naming is really important. Mm. Um, but I think the first thing is to know that your behaviors change all the time. And if you want to change the behavior, you really can. And that is something, even just knowing that can actually help change it. Mm. So what that means is you can regulate your behavior or regulate your emotional state if you want to. Mm. Um, and if you're chronically depressed or anxious um ironically with my therapy clients you know quite often people can get very attached to being like that ironically you'd think they wouldn't want to be like that but interesting it's sort of their identity um mm. and so when you're asking them to shift identity into something else that's very challenging to come out of that mm. um so people might say they don't want to be depressed anymore but uh, there's an attachment to it we have an attachment to that kind of culture definitely there mm. to answer the sunday night thing what would you do um really you know again maybe just what we were talking about you know how do you stay more present um because sunday night is not monday morning mm. uh, sunday night is your night to have a bath or relax or use the end of your day uh you know it has and, and to really kind of gear as you say gear yourself up uh check your nervous system then take a bath really good for a nervous system meditate that's a good sound Mm. Uh, enjoy it um if you're just focused that sunday night is monday morning then it's going to become monday morning <laughs> that's how you're going to live your life you know? <laughs> i blame the boomtown rats <laughs> so the, the bangles wasn't it <laughs> yeah. manic monday that's right yes they've got a lot to answer for <laughs> the older listeners know what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, just one other thing is hack your, hack your Monday morning, you know, so um, make your Monday morning fantastic, you know, whatever that might mean. It sounds very sort of positive thinking, but maybe yours might involve going for a run or the gym or whatever it requires that you, you set your Monday morning to something you look forward to before you mm. do it in meetings and all of those things. But uh, mm. what do you do, you know, rather than sort of um, surrender to anxiety and stress? Wise words, Chris. Thank you. Um, and maybe uh, in terms of bringing this 
uh, gradually to a close. I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, if you could give us all a taster and, and, and maybe help us with a, with a five-minute meditation. Um, and I think we can all benefit from that. Uh, it's Monday morning, after all. Uh, so, uh, well, at the time of this recording. So, um, uh, over to you, Chris. Sure, of course, with pleasure. All right. So, the first thing to do, really, is to just become aware of how you're sitting um, and maybe just get your body into a posture, feel your feet on the ground. Um, doesn't have to be in any specific form, but like I've said before, that the body feels relaxed and alert. That's the main thing. And then become aware of your breathing. So just notice how, breathing, um, how it feels in the body. And then just begin to gently close your eyes so you become more focused on what's going on. So just noticing your breath here. And the first thing that you'll notice is that you're thinking. And that's very normal in this process. So just allow your thoughts to come, to move. Like they're drifting in. Whatever they are. So now your attention is on your thoughts. And now what I'd like you to do is bring your attention fully to your breathing. So now begin to actively breathe a little bit deeper so you're breathing down further into the belly. And your attention is going there, just following your breath, breathing in and out. Noticing the belly rise and fall. Becoming aware of any sounds around you, just allowing them to be there. Noticing your thoughts. And then now bringing attention back to your breath. And then just actively breathing even more, so bringing more oxygen in through the nose, deep down into the belly. And then actively breathing out through the mouth. So you're creating this sense of circular breathing. As you breathe out, really make it long. Breathe out as much oxygen as you can to empty out the belly. And just repeat this. So breathing through the nose, down into the belly, and back out through the mouth. See if you can repeat this deeply five times. So counting, breathing in, breathing out.
And then on your fifth breath, just begin to relax your breathing again, just to normal breathing. Again, notice your thoughts, bring attention to your thinking. And see if you can relax your perspective on your thinking here. Just let the thoughts come in and let them drift by. Thoughts passing and drifting. And thoughts passing and drifting by. And then just one final thing before we end this meditation, just begin to drop your tongue into your lower gum, below your lower teeth. And then let your jaw drop. So your mouth will drop. Naturally. And this just creates relaxation in the face. And notice the sensations there. Now bring our attention to taking three breaths in and out as a way of closing our time together. And then find breath in. Just begin to gently open your eyes, looking down on the desk or the computer, and then just bringing your eyes back to here. Well, thank you, Chris. <laughs> My uh, pleasure. Oh, we on a po- are we on a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> did you did you go somewhere else? <laughs> that was really very good. As simple as that. I feel actually very um refreshed for that focused good um and together i think is is probably uh how i feel and it's as simple as that isn't it it's as simple as that yeah simple and powerful very very powerful and um and i think uh, that's clearly a tool that we can take around with us in coping with the day-to-day yeah absolutely you know we also you know, on the app as well, we've got different meditations for different times of day, mm. which are really helpful because sometimes it's good to find out when's your time to do it. But I would recommend trying to meditate as much as you can during the day, even if it's one, two minutes of breath work, um, as much as you can. Well, Chris, again, thank you for your for your wisdom I am. And, uh, and, and advice to all of us. And uh, sure. for any further inquiries on, on, on today's show and Chris's services and Opo 
uh, please email lanzerhoff at theartsclub.co.uk. Uh, and Chris, I think uh, we should talk again about how we can work together. Um, I would love that. And so uh, let, let's do that very, very soon. But in the meantime, thank you once again for um, a very informative podcast today. And I wish you a wonderful day. I wish you too. Have a great one.